Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting, contests, and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or mobile devices. Head to Bet Online today to become part of the team, and remember to use promo code BLEAV for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, the game starts here. Hello and welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gilbert, and joining me tonight are my co-host Steve. Jaco and Joe DiMarini. How are we doing tonight, boys? You got to get a lot more French with that, Gilby. You got to go. Stephen Jaco. Jaco. Stephen Jaco. I'll tell you what. I, I'm doing wonderful. Uh, it's a Friday night. I'm drinking whiskey and hot tea. And I'm watching the NBA Celebrity All-Star Game because there's no hockey on until 9 p.m. because the NHL is a very, very stupid league. I thought yeah. it started at 7.30. No? No, it's in Arizona tonight, so I think it's at, I think it's at 9. Oh, man, it is at One 9. Game. It's, an, it's an important game for the Flyers, too. Scoreboard watching season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One game, 9 p.m. I, I, if there's one time where it would be extremely convenient to have a game on the television, it would be right now. And, you know, there's yeah. nothing. Got to stick to that Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday schedule, as, as NHL lo- loves to do. Gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Steve, I'm glad you're... I, I saw some, there's some flashing lights behind you. I don't know if there was some some police outside or sirens, but I'm glad to hear it's just there's... the uh, NBA celebrity game. <laughs> Let me tell you, they have the entire floor lit up for this shit, and it is as obnoxious as it gets. It's like insanity. It's like the uh, in-season tournament courts are like all color, all colored up, color rush. Yeah. So imagine that, but with instead, in fact, I think it's an LED court. They're showing Stephen A. Smith walking on it right now, and it looks like he's walking on a light board in Blade Runner. So oh, I'm man. pretty sure it's an LED court, and it is the most obnoxious thing I've ever seen. Gary you- Bettman's getting terrible ideas right now. You've heard of RGB keyboards. Let me introduce you to RGB basketball courts, baby. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised that NHL doesn't pick that up, maybe for maybe for the All Star game next year. But there's there's no All Star game in the next few years due to the uh, the international competitions. But so maybe by 20, 2027, maybe they'll maybe they'll just have holograms on the ice, and the guys can just you know get get wasted in in the locker room. Have I a would rave. take. I will take more international competitions over more all-star games any day of the week. 100%. Yeah. Yes, easily. Even when it's only only four nations and then and then and then the Olympics of course, but the four nations, you know, you know, some players are upset about it, but it's better better than nothing, better than the all-star game definitely. It's a start. Yeah. Um speaking of better, let's just talk about the uh the Flyers Thursday night Overtime loss in Toronto. Uh, they were up Did we one give nothing. Joe a proper introduction? Did we give? <laughs> do the people know that Joe's here? Joe, Joe is here. I introduced you both at the same time. Hello, Joe. How are you this evening? I'm doing great. Um, and if we're gonna give Steve the very French Jacques, 
We gotta give me the De Marini, you know, the, like super De Marini, the super Italian, you know. We gotta lean into our South Philly roots, says yeah. me, who was born in Wisconsin. You know, you know all those South Philly French out there. Oh, so so many. Yeah, I'm taking notes for next time on on this how to pronounce. How to pronounce. I'll, I'll I'll get it right. <laughs> You're from Wisconsin, Joe. I was born in Madison, Wisconsin. Oh, that's one of the places in Wisconsin people have heard of. Yes, I know. It's that in Greenbay and Milwaukee, and I think that's probably it. Wherever right. Phil Kessel's from. You can catch Joe in his other gig writing for Curd Aficionado magazine. <laughs> Yo, fried cheese curds? Elite. Oh, they're amazing. Elite. Yeah. Any cheese curd. Any cheese curd. Oh, good ones. The ones you get out here are not good. They're like all dusty and shit. Nah, you got to have them squeaky. You got to get them like nice and squeaky. I've had some good ones out here. And they're not as good as Wisconsin's. I'll, I'll give you that. But I've had some good ones. For sure. Um, but yeah, it. I, I'm kind of a bad Wisconsinite. I, I was born there and only lived there for a year. So let's, you know, not a I mean, I've got nothing for or against Wisconsin. So yeah, that, that's it's a great place. It's fine by me. It's cold. Place. Very cold. It is, a, it is a great place. Flyover country that has all this cool shit that nobody on the East Coast knows. East Coast knows about because they never visit. I'll I've keep visited that. twice. I know. Whoa! Hell yes, Steve knows. Yeah, Steve's know. in the know. I'm a real one. Hell of yeah. all of the states, Wisconsin is is definitely one of them. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Flyers. Uh, <laughs> Flyers, yeah. Just picking a winning. Hopefully the Flyers can get, get some wins this weekend. Uh it looked like they, you know, first period looked good in Toronto. Got the uh got the goal there, shorthanded goal by, by uh Sanheim with Travis Konechny and Scott Lauden wearing the A's on the assists. Then they just got Austin Matthews in, in the second period. Second period hat trick, natural hat trick for them for uh, Matthews up to I forget how many goals now, forty something, forty four maybe and forty five, I think. Yeah, he's he's on pace for over over seventy easily. But Flyers, you know, credit to them. They they battled back in the third period. It did not look like things were going to go well for them, but they they got a power play. They got some momentum going, and they were able to tie it up and, and force overtime. So that was a definitely an, an important point for the Flyers going into this weekend. Huge. And another game where they showed fight. And I, I know we've touched on it a number of times this season, how nice it's been to see this team actually like fight back in these games and stand, you know, stick in there and claw out a point. But man, it, it doesn't, it doesn't get old for me. You know, it's, it's, it feels in a small way, like the old flyers are back and it, it feels really good to watch them claw back in this game and, and force overtime like they did. The Flyers are back. The Flyers are I back. Want to say it. Like, I, I'm so desperate to say it that I'll take any little inkling. But it feels good, you know? It, it feels good to feel good about this team. It does. It's the first time I've ever had the opportunity for it. So I'm I'm with Steve. I'm all in on this. Let's go. Yeah, there were points on, on Thursday night where I was like, okay, this, this is the bad Flyers back. This is them showing they don't have the top-level talent to, to compete with the top teams. But... I did not expect that that quick comeback in the third period. I was expecting, you know, a loss heading into the stadium series game, maybe going on on a losing streak again, but not not a, not a winning streak. Still got a five game, game point streak now. Uh, Sam Erson looked good in net, had a few few huge saves there to keep the game close. Also, Matthew snipes three on you, including a power play goal. You can't be too upset about that. So, what are you gonna do? Yeah, uh, Flyers just keep going on, going on here. 
if I mean, we've learned was... one lesson from the New York Islanders, it's that loser points do matter. So yeah, <laughs> getting the loser point in this, it made a difference. Yeah, like if the that game, especially the first period, the Flyers were just taking it to them, taking it to them, taking it to them. If that team didn't have Austin Matthews, the Flyers would have come out with like a 3-1 win maybe. Um, but sometimes when a top five player in the league just turns it on, you just you just got to take it. And we've seen that a few times over the past few weeks. Nathan McKinnon on a tear, dunks on the Flyers. Nikita Kucherov on a tear, dunks on the Flyers. David Pasternak on a tear, dunks on the Flyers. Elite um, players just feast on the Flyers. It's just do. how it's always been. <laughs> but, yeah. Except for Yager. Except for Yager. Yager is the Yager. only exception for some reason. Chris Terrian was Yager's kryptonite, and I'll never understand it. But, you know, like for eight minutes, Austin Matthews said, I'm going to be the greatest hockey player in the world. And then he was just fine again. Yeah. And the way it looked for the Flyers is like they they let that first goal by Matthews go. And it looked like they just took like a punch across the cheek. And while they were reeling, Matthews just pop, pop, hit him twice more with those two goals. Um, by the time they came out for the third, they were back on their feet. But again, they were in a 3-1 hole. Still managed to uh, to seal the deal. And they were getting their chances. TK rung one off the post. He slapped one off the side of the net. I, every time I looked up, I feel like I saw the puck float through the Leafs' blue paint. There just wasn't a flyer there to finish on the opportunity that was being created. Yeah, it was, was frustrating there for a bit. That Yeah, they, they were pushing, but they, they weren't getting anything, especially, you know, even with that first power play and then the, the missed slash on Couturier. Hopefully, mm. it looks like he's going to be okay. But, I mean, a lot of flyers got beat up last night. Cam York with the concussion thing. But they did ultimately, you know, got, a, got an important point, which is, you know, going to be key here in the playoff race. As much as people hate the flyers, you know, making the playoffs, they're, they're very much in the playoff race. They have to just, you know, be less bad than everyone else. And I think that's definitely possible. Yeah. It would have been very flyers if the new captain got injured immediately right after getting the save. Oh, oh, but it didn't. He's okay. He's okay. He's okay. He's okay. He's good. Um, Gilbs, I don't remember what we uh, uh, finished with our decisions on the last pod, but we took bets on, who, how many points were they going to come out with this weekend and which games were they going to win? Did you say they were going to get a point in the Leafs game and win the Jersey game? Or did you have it the other way around? I did have it that way. You said, do you think they're going to lose in overtime on Saturday and win Thursday? And I, I said, you know, lose in overtime Thursday and, and win Saturday. So you're on... still very possible to get, get three points here. Yeah, your your bet's better than mine so far. Yeah. There, there was one thing that annoyed me on the overtime winning goal. Obviously, overtime, Flyers didn't stand much of a chance against the uh, elite talent that Toronto had. Nope. I thought Matthews was going to get a fourth there, but they, they got, got him out of the zone. Lawden pressured him back, and Lawden you know, possibly took too long to go for a change. But then Morgan Frost jumps, off, jumps on the ice. He can oh. kind of see the other guy at the corner of his eye, but like he goes towards the puck carrier who the defenseman is already backing up against, just leaving. Was it Nylander scored the winning goal wide open? Like mm-hmm. wide open, wide just, open. Where where are you going, Morgan? Like 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 the, the defenseman has him covered. You know, maybe was it, I forget if it was Sanheim or who was back there, but maybe you know point a little bit to, get, to give him something. But just bad communication, and you know, if the Flyers hadn't battled back, and if that wasn't the Leafs, I feel like that would have a uh, a lot more conversation about it 
Well, I'll have you know that over the last calendar year, no player in the NHL has scored more oh. even strength points than Morgan Frost. All of that is a lie. But <laughs> I, I have no defense. But yeah, it's like Morgan's so frustrating because like he'll have that game like he had against the Coyotes the other night where he looked unbelievable like he looked fantastic every move was just like a winner and then he'll do something like that game and it's like morgan come on man and granted it is the leafs like it is an elite offense but it's still it's still frustrating to see steve would you call it frustrating (laughs) i would not i would not i I would say my icy temperament is the only thing keeping me from going over to the other side of broad and strangling you right now. Yep. 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 Seems fair. That was harsh. Um, that was harsh. I don't actually want to strangle. Joe. Um, it's just acting folks. It's just acting. <laughs> We're actors, paid actors. Um, no, the uh, Arizona game. I made a comment about it. If Morgan Frost played the Arizona Coyotes for 82 games in a season, he would win a heart. Like he is just so good against that one team. The way that other elite players seem to be good against the Flyers. But is is Morgan Frost elite? Is Morgan Frost now now the Joe Flacco? Morgan Frost kills <laughs> kills bad teams. He just I mean, dunks. I know a guy who would say he is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely uh, at least at least one person out there that uh, would agree with that that bill of goods. And I, I have to be honest, I'm a Morgan Frost skeptic. I still kind of am, but I'm also of the school that like he's got a year left on a cost controlled RFA contract. Let him play it out and see what happens. You're not a frosty Joe. You're not you're not showing up <laughs> no. in like, the Frost eras uh, costumes and uh, just mm. getting ready for his every appearance and every shot. I mean, I, I show up with like a little box of Wendy's French fries, like taped to my head, as if they're being dunked into me. You know, like a no. That's your frost era. Is yeah. the Wendy's era? I <laughs> the say. Wendy's, the Wendy's frosty. Yeah, the Wendy's frosty era. That's what jumped, jumped to mind for me too. I'm, I'm not sure what Steve was trying to to allude to. I was going for the Swifties. Taylor Swift, the Swift yeah. era, oh, era no. tour. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> come on. It's we've had we had enough of that the past few months. I mean, listen, you know, you got to capitalize on the biggest pop star in the world whenever you can. Yeah. yeah. Might yeah. as well. Yeah. Just put all the SEO, just put Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, uh, Conspiracy, Baba Booey, and you're good. <laughs> yeah. Travis, yeah. Travis Connexelsi. Oh, oh, joke. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh. Hey, too the, best the, NH- the best the NHL can do is get the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> Jonas Brothers. I, mean, and, I saw I mean, someone else is playing tomorrow. That's pretty good for ten years ago. Gaslight Anthem. Gaslight. I think it's the Gaslight. Yeah. I think it's the Gaslight Anthem. I think it's Gaslight I Anthem. Yeah. Not heard that name in a minute, but I mean, this is pretty good like for that. the NHL. Like typically, yeah. they're getting like Kid Rock. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even kidding. Like they. No, this I know. Is like the caliber of act they usually get is like Kid Rock. Uh, Good Charlotte, and I don't think they've ever gotten Good Charlotte, but you know, like yeah, can't th- get Good Charlotte. They get bands that were popular twenty years ago, and now they're finally getting within a decade. Oh, so it's, it's man. it is advancing for them. They got to get some Creed. I think they got Nickelback at one point. That's that would fit within the twenty years ago time. Nickelback's frame Canadian. Right Nickelback's Canadian. They have gotten Nickelback in the past. It's not for hard sure. for them to get Nickelback. I mean, I. I'd seen a clip the other day where somebody was talking about Chad Kroger having a full ice rink in his house or something. So the old, the old Bickleknack. 
Everybody loves Nickelback, and that's what we're here to talk about, folks. We are here to talk about Nickelback. <laughs> no, no, folks, we're not here to talk about Nickelback. We're here to talk about Sean Couturier wearing a goddamn captaincy. Woo! Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of kind of caught me off guard. You know, they what was it Wednesday night they announced it? They 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 tease it out, and then like ten minutes later they announce it with Couturier getting it. I mean, it's on the fourteenth for number fourteen. Oh. Or it's on before <laughs> it the trade deadline, so they the can trade Scott Lawton saying. now. Oh, uh, oh, yeah. Lawton was doomed as soon as that news came out. But no, no, it was like, what was it? Tuesday night? It was Tuesday night because we talked about it on Flyperbole, the podcast that I host every week. No, oh wow, it was Wednesday. But, no, 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 no. You're not following me, Joe. So oh. Tuesday night, we heard that at like a town hall or something. Oh, they were going to make the announcement like somebody told somebody who mentioned it in the discord and then Ryan mentioned it in the slack that they would be naming a captain soon. And then we talked about it at the end of flight and I said, apparently they're going to name one soon, which Quiggs was extremely skeptical because he said, how soon is soon? And apparently soon was really damn soon because it was the next day. I, I love it. I feel like. I'm new enough to this franchise. Coots has been here as long as I've been a fan. He looks like the next leader. He's he's the obvious successor. Um, and I I think that it was the Winnipeg game that really like solidified Tortorella being like, you know what? It's time to name a captain. Because we all saw that press conference after Winnipeg where he comes out for a minute and he's just like non-communicative. He's just like, I saw nothing who yeah great it just walks off goes into the locker room and i assume was going to give them the business he comes back does his media thing the next morning and it's like you know i walked in that room and that was not a team that had just won a game four to one they were pissed off they played poorly they knew it and they were talking about it and he's like i feel like that's the moment where Torres is like yeah yeah we can establish a leadership core now and i think it's been long enough now <clears throat> that Tortorella's had these guys in the locker room that he, he feels comfortable making a decision moving forward with this. Uh, Couturier specifically, he hadn't coached until this season. So, you know, he had reached just over halfway through the season was like, all right, I think I've seen enough out of all of these guys. And as we, we briefly alluded to, this probably doesn't mean great things for Scott Lawton staying in Philadelphia because Scott Lawton had been talked about as a, a guy who possibly could get the captaincy, but, there's one big difference. Well, there's a couple big differences here. One of them is Sean Couturier is a very, very good two-way center. I mean, unbelievable. You're not getting that kind of defense out of a forward in that many players throughout the league. Uh, yeah. So that obviously makes a difference. And that contract is a huge difference maker. You know, Scott Lawton, Scott Lawton basically makes what he deserves to make. Scott Lawton has a very mid range contract. He's a very mid range player. I mean, we all yeah. love Scott Lawton, but <clears throat> he's not a game changer. And if they trade him, like if they get a first, that'll be really nice. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's less than a first, because I mean, Scott Lawton is a heart and soul guy. You know, he is a guy who any locker room would be lucky to have, but he's, he doesn't really light up the scoreboard very often. Sometimes he pulls out like, a tremendous play like that pass he had to connect me the other night in the Arizona game was fantastic. Um, 
he can play some solid defense too, but he's not Sean Couturier. And on top of all this, just to cap off my whole thing here, is that <laughs> Sean Couturier has been with this team so goddamn long. He's been mm-hmm. with the team since he was a teenager, okay? He couldn't grow a beard when he started with this team. He has been around. He couldn't drink a beer. He couldn't legally buy a beer in the city of Philadelphia when he started with this team. He's the one guy who has been here forever, and he will be here barring any crazy circumstances in the next few years his entire career probably yeah so like he is a lifelong flyer who he kind of bridges the generations here and he is a guy who who really can set the tone by example which is really what you want to see in a captain yeah, yeah. and he, scott, scott lawden as captain would have made sense like for the past two seasons after drew left just to get, get like a temporary guy in there between drew and the next guy that's you know gonna be here as long as he stays healthy and Victoria absolutely deserves this. I mean, he, like you said, he came up, he was 19. He was living in Danny Briere's house when he came <laughs> up in, in 2012. And now that kind of makes sense. That he's, he's the captain now under Briere's first year here. And yeah, Tortorella said he didn't want to put too much pressure on Couture coming into the year. He said Couture was, you know, upset with him jokingly last year because he wanted to come back sooner. And I, I remember that. It was like mid to late March. There were reports that he was he was practicing and skating. There was like debates over whether he should come back and you see, see what he has. But and mm-hmm. then they obviously played it safe, and, and that's definitely uh, worked out for him. So yeah, this is a, a well earned um, captaincy for for Couturier here. He's been someone I've been a huge fan of for at least ten years. I mean, he's he's he, he deserves it. He was he was the next leader, and, and I'm glad. I'm very happy that he was able to come back play at a, a top tier level and you know now now get that seat and not There's... only did he deserve it he earned it in like six months that he's been playing with the flyers he showed that he like you said still plays at a high level he still has like like the the game skills he can still see the game like we remember him and he i feel like missing a year and a half of the thing that you, the only thing that you know how to do and something that you love to do kind of puts a lot of things in perspective. And I just go back to earlier this year after a practice, he was teaching Igor Zamula how to bank pucks off the glass to get them out of the zone. Like after a practice, he took Zamula aside to show, I think it was, I think it was Zamula to demonstrate like, this is how you bank shots out of the defensive zone. Cause I, I think in one of the early games this season, Zamula botched a clear and it led to a really high danger scoring chance for the opposition. Um, that kind of like leadership and taking these younger players under their wing and going out of his way to show them how to perfect their play so that they are impactful NHL players going forward. That screams captaincy to me. And I think the other thing is Tortorella you know, as, as much as he said, this didn't matter and everything, I, I think he knows just how much it does matter to a team and to the player in particular. And I, I think he didn't want to give it out to a player who was just going to wear it for a year or two, a Jason Smith type, if you will. Uh, better to not name that temporary guy than, you know, have somebody who is going to be here a good long while to uh, really give that title to somebody who will cherish it and really, you know, try to live up 
to the name and the responsibility that comes with it. And I think Sean Couturier is such a, a perfect choice. And the other thing is like, look around this locker room. How many other guys could you even possibly even consider giving this to? We talked about Scott Lawton. Uh, Travis Konechny is a guy who is rumored to potentially be signing a big contract soon. Uh, by soon, I mean the summer. But, yep. you know, Konechny is a guy you could have considered. But I also think Konechny is not really a guy you've ever really thought of as a captain, uh, per mm-hmm. se. We all love TK, but he's not necessarily the number one captain guy we think about. And then beyond that, like who Jamie Drysdale, who just got here. Um, Sanheim. Sanheim is, you know, Sanheim is trying a, to trade still. <laughs> Right, right. We don't even know what Sandheim's future is, as great as his resurgence has been this year. You don't necessarily know he's going to play out that entire contract here. Uh, Cam York, we don't really know where the hell Cam York's even going to play in the lineup two, three years from now, you know? Garnet Hathaway. Uh, Garnet Hathaway. <laughs> definitely be here five years from now. Yeah, no. for sure. Sean Couturier is the one guy who's like, he's probably going to be here five, six years from now. And he's, you know... You could you could argue he's the best player on the team. It's yeah, between and- him and Konechny, but like Couturier's all around game, you know, that's a special thing for sure. And Couturier, if he plays out this contract, um, he might pass Bob Clark for most games played as a flyer. I think he can miss up to like a hundred games, and he would still pass Bob Clark as most games played as a flyer. So making him captain he's got the long contract that is he's going to be here for a while and tk is captain i could see it i kind of like him better in the alternate role just because even if tk might be the better player offensively that's a lot of pressure for that kind of player to carry you look at kucherov he's the a pasternak the a nathan mckinnon a those players are the best on their team but because they're not wearing the C, they're kind of relieved of a certain level of pressure and are able to just be that top tier performing player without the pressure of, you know, talking to the refs, being like the cordial good guy or running a locker room. They're allowed to just focus on being, I'm going to do what I do best and I'm going to go out there and play my game. Yeah, Konechny is the perfect sidekick alternate to like a serious, quiet captain like Katori. Bingo. And, and, and Lawton too. Like Lawton's like kind of in the middle. He's he's I'm sure he's a good vocal and leader leader in the room, but he's also like a okay lead by example type of player. So I feel like that's a perfect kind of th- group of three guys to have there. And yeah, you know, Konechny as, as captain would have been all right, but having him in that in that A role is definitely going to be a lot better um you know Tippett, i could see going into, into some captaincy or or getting an a eventually if you know if they trade Lawton. but yeah i mean you're going to have bobby clark and and sean couturier two two toothless legends and i just want to see uh <laughs> couturier with that 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 toothless smile with the stanley cup like bob clark had that, that is such oh. a uh, iconic photo my <laughs> god if there's a photo you could recreate that's the one and that's the guy yeah it- Oh, that'll be beautiful. And yeah, Gilbs, you just said, oh, that's a good three guys. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's another triumvirate of leadership. I, I, I specifically did not say that. I was like, oh, what, what, what's another word I could use there? <laughs> How about that trio? You know, it's a, yeah. it's all a triumvirate. It's, listen, it is what it is, guys. It's it is a magic what it number. Is. The and Flyers like threes. Wait, wait, here's the thing. What are they looking for? Their third Stanley Cup. 
Oh, yo, conspiracy. Let's put those tinfoil hats on. Let's go. Oh, 2030, uh, baby. Everything comes in threes, don't they? You got you got you got you got three at the top. You got three players now. Now you need a third Stanley Cup. And then you win three more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of Scott Lawton, um, there were some just um, you know, things I don't want to think about brought up this week about where he could potentially land at the trade deadline. Um, he, he would be a perfect fit, I think for this team, but Scott Lawton as a New York Ranger, I don't know if I'd be able to live with that unless we got back quite a haul for him. It's it's disgusting. Lafreniere. Give me Lafreniere at the minimum. I think Kako would be the guy. Kako is like kind of out of, you know, the odd man out there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would take a project back for Scooty Lutz, but man, that would be tough to see. Like, that would be almost as bad as Wayne Simmons in a Devil's jersey or John LeClaire in a Penguins jersey. <sighs> or Mark Recchi in, in a Penguins jersey. I mean, that, that happened many <laughs> times throughout his career. Sadly, yeah. it was a very common sight. Let's not let Kelly Hinkle in on that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, the good thing is Kelly Hinkle doesn't listen to podcasts. So. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Kelly. Um <laughs> No, I, I, I've advocated for this in the Slack, but I am still strongly of the belief that a Scott Lawton trade and Aristo trade, but we'll get into that later, should wait until the off season. You can um, trade Risto tomorrow, as far as I'm concerned. Like whenever, whenever he wants to go, man, that's cool. <laughs> I'll drive him to the airport. I don't even I, have a car. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but trading Risto Linen at this particular deadline would be selling low and i know that sounds absolutely absurd but yeah, that sounds insane it yeah, does crazy, sound man. insane but because of this this is the last season with such a serious cap crunch on teams that if you're going to retain that salary for three more years for like i don't know just like a middling return the flyers have the leverage here risto has term Lawton has term. They don't have to trade them right now. They can wait until the summer and, you know, the cap's going to go up. Teams are going to have a bit more flexibility. If the Leafs punt in the playoffs again, they're going to need to shake up their roster pretty significantly, which means they're going to, I don't know, maybe open up, maybe it's going to open up cap space. Maybe they're going to make some young players like Nick Robertson or Matthew Nyes available. They won't trade those kinds of top nine players right now as they're pushing for the playoffs. But come the offseason, if you if they need to shake up the roster, hey, suddenly those guys are available. Yeah, I mostly uh, agree with that take. That, you, know, you you can definitely wait for the offseason when there's going to be more teams available looking to change the rosters up. But I've, I've been thinking over the past few nights, like the Flyers will not have more leverage, specifically with Scott Lawton, maybe with Ristolainen, than they will right now. Like Scott Lawton is declining. Apparently they, they turned down a first round pick for him at last, last year's draft. I wouldn't guarantee a first round pick to be in return for him this year, but they have all the leverage right now. They're like, okay, we're in a playoff spot. We don't have to trade them, but if someone comes and, and pays up, they can trade them. And like, they're not going to be in this spot again. They can, I guess they can use the same argument in the summer, but like you're not a few weeks away from a, a Stanley cup playoff push. If you're one of these teams that wants to add, a lot in type like the Leafs. I felt like the Leafs would be a, a great fit for him. I'm not sure. I was I, I was think, thinking about uh, Tyler Bertuzzi. How he's he's on a one year deal, five million dollars. You can take take him back. Like I don't know if they would do that, but he seems to be a bit out of it up there in Toronto. But 
yeah, trading away, you know, Lawton, $3 million, great cap hit, you, very reasonable for, for teams to teams to uh, take on there. And he's just, he's a playoff performer. He's, he's going to be one of these guys. And sadly, his play is only going to go in one direction, which this year might be more of what he is for the rest of his career rather than what he did last year, which is fine. He, he's a glue guy. He's a role player. But I think this trade deadline, especially if especially if it is for 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 a player or, or instead of a, a pick heavy thing, like you can get back a, a a fringe player that's kind of on the on the outs or someone that isn't cracking the NHL roster plus a pick. Uh, but the interesting thing about the Rangers, I don't think they'll trade their first round pick because the thing came out about uh, James Dolan wanting to have his pick owning the sphere, at, at, <laughs> owning the sphere. So he wants to be a part of it there in oh. Las Vegas, which you know, go go ahead, good for him, but. No, I, I, I'm starting to think more and more that the leverage that the Flyers have right now is worth using at this deadline. I I can see that. I mean, if if someone blows your doors off with an offer for Scott Lawton, you take that and run. But if people are like, oh, yeah, we'll toss you a second round pick for Scott Lawton, and you're like, that's not good enough. He's worth more to us now than he is a second round pick. Then you the flyers don't have to move him like they've well, got I'm the very term. much of the yeah. belief that Danny Briere isn't going to trade most of these guys unless he gets a blow your doors off offer you know this exactly. isn't like i'm assuming if there is inaction at this deadline this isn't a chuck fletcher situation where he just tried and it was too hard like <laughs> th- that's not the impression i get the impression i get is Danny Briere's got a lot of leverage here especially with you know Scott Walker is or you know or, or, Walker's a huge one, right? Yeah. Um, Sean Walker. I don't know why I said Scott, but I mixed up Scott Lawton and Sean Walker into one amount of being <laughs> just tra- but, trade them both. Scott Walker. Sean I, Walker. I mean, if dude, if you can trade them both at once, do it. No, like Sean Walker, so much leverage, you know, and that's why he keeps saying we, you know, we might keep them, you know, because that's how you continue that leverage with teams, you know. We might keep them. I don't know. Uh, give us more assets for him why not and lawton they really don't have to do anything and it would be fine you know yeah. uh wrist alignment they don't have to do anything and it would be fine because guess what the cap doesn't matter for another year or two with this team anyway mm-hmm. so like we don't have to get rid of them unless you really sweeten the pot it's a really nice position to be in you know it's there's a lot of tough decisions for briere but frankly leverage wise this is as great as it can be because he's not desperate to sell yeah, I keep saying good players on good teams do not move for chump change. If someone wants these guys, they're going to have to pay. And that's only good for the Flyers. Yeah, and yeah, I mean obviously with Ristolainen and Lawton, they don't have to trade them right now, but I, I was you know looking at potential suitors for Ristolainen and Edmonton is kind of in my head here. Because they, they wouldn't have to necessarily retain salary. My idea would be to take back Jack Campbell and, and his contract and Ooh. just ha- have the overpaid ex-Kings uh, tandem of, of Peterson and Campbell there. And, you know, maybe take back like a like a Cody Cece or, or somebody like that. But, yeah, I think they need to make a move. Tampa Bay obviously needs to make a move. So I think there are enough teams where they're – I don't think there's enough teams right now that you're like, okay, they can win the Stanley Cup right now. Like every team has a few holes. And if you make a move or two, you can, you know, jump up an, another tier. So I think the Flyers right now have to make a trade, which, but I guess it comes down to Sean Walker. It comes down to Sean Walker right now uh, with Ristolainen out. 
with the Cam York injury scare, like you get a thought of like, okay, if Risto's out and York's out, who's coming up? Then if we trade Walker, who's coming up? You got you to call up three guys and or play Stall and Sealer every night and not trade them. So it like, gives you some pause like, okay, can we actually trade Walker? There have been some discussions out there on Twitter and whatnot. Like maybe the Flyers should just do nothing and play it out. But we, we discussed it last podcast. I think he has to trade Walker. Like even if it's just a second, ideally you get a first. But if you can get a second and like a fourth or a second and, and a roster player, I think I think you do that. I I mostly will agree with that. However, if Part of keeping Walker is also Danny Briere refusing to play, to lose a game of chicken with other GMs. Like this is his first trade deadline as a GM. If other GMs are out there trying to take advantage, like for example, Danny's out there, he's like, yeah, Sean Walker's a first. If you want him, that's the cost. And the other GMs are like, ah, he's a rookie. He'll cave. He'll 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 let him go for a second. If Danny Briere is going to keep Walker through the deadline, through the rest of this season, because he's refusing to budge on his price, that sends a message to other GMs in this league like, hey, you're not going to push me around. This is the price, and if you don't pay it, you don't get this player. And I think Keith Jones is going to be very helpful there because he knows all these GMs really well. And I'm wondering if he's just whispering in Danny's ear like, hey, I know that guy. He'll cave. <laughs> like you oh, said 100%. that it's, he'll cave. And if he 100%. and if he doesn't, you just keep the guy and go for the playoffs. No, this I, is, I that's why he's in that lo- job. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, that's why that's why Keith Jones has that job. Like, obviously a lot of it's media PR, which he's been great at. I mean, you have a president that can appear on literally any Flyers broadcast and talk positively about the organization the organization if you will you know it's a great asset to have but as you said he knows everybody in the league he's a hundred percent telling danny Breer that's a guy you can mess with that's a guy who don't play you know he's giving him all the knowledge it's it's a great position to be in now yeah. with walker where i I've, I've played devil's advocate a little bit recently and been like what if Danny Briere's not really like joking or playing like poker with talking about like re-signing Walker I don't think it's and this is again me just being like a little bit of devil's advocate but also just deep internally I kind of feel this way I don't think it's the worst thing to have Walker around for a year or two <laughs> like I really mm-hmm. don't I like Walker you sign him to like a two three year deal like I don't really mind I mean he's in his early 30s at that point um if it's not a tr- terrible AAV, like I really don't think, especially if you are doing pretty well, like if you get like a, a second rounder, maybe a second and a third, I would be okay with uh, a first, obviously like pull the trigger on a first easy. Uh, but if so, if they're offering you garbage here, I, I really, and he wants to come back and it sounds like he does. Like, I don't know. I, I don't t- to horribly mind bringing back Scott Walker for like two years. Yeah. It's again, when I say Scott Walker again, Sean Walker, Sean Walker. <laughs> I didn't even catch it. Uh, I don't well, know why I'm doing, saying it. It's weird. We're, we're doing great. We're doing great here, folks. Uh, no, I, I, either situation is good for the flyers. One, one scenario, they get some draft capital or futures in exchange for a guy that they picked up as a throwaway in a deal from Los Angeles. On the other, they get to keep a veteran defenseman for another year or two while Oliver Bong is marinating in the OHL. And then they get to trade him at another deadline for probably 
the same thing that they would have been able to trade him for at this one. Like, yeah, I, I don't want to block anybody. Like, that's my big concern is blocking people. But the only guys I'm really concerned with blocking are like bonk. Like, mm-hmm. I, I like a lot of the guys in the system right now, but I don't know if there's anybody that I'm. And I brought this up with Nick Sealer too. Like, Nick Sealer's a guy I don't think is actually going to block anybody if he's still around. But like, I also don't necessarily like, I don't know if there's anybody that's quite ready that you're really blocking from making their debut just yet. I mean, Emil Andre is probably the closest you have, but you know, I, I just don't feel like like Bonk's the biggest name in that, that system right now. And he's not quite there yet. Yeah. yeah and I think Gilbs, Gilbs Kelly and I have talked about this before where like, at the beginning of the season, Tortorella is like, yeah, I'm not going to play Mark Stahl all that often. I'm going to bench him a lot. And we all rolled our eyes and we're like, yeah, sure, Torts, we'll believe it when we see it. But guess what? Mark Stahl has not played that many games this season. Torts is not afraid to bench these veterans or scratch them, I guess is the appropriate term, to let younger players have an opportunity in the NHL. So even if they do sign Sealer or Walker or whichever of these veteran defensemen they think they would like to just have as a backup, we've seen that Torts has... No qualms with scratching those guys to let the prospects get some minutes in the NHL. Yeah, and the thing is, like, if any of them were truly ready, this is when you would call them up. Ristolainen is reportedly out multiple weeks here. York has an injury. Like, you'd call somebody up for this game. Uh, Emil Andres had a few games this season. Victor Mete got a game in there, but like Louis Belpedio, Louis Belpedio got a few games. Like, like Louis we're, Belpedio. Like, we're, we're going to have Maddie on ne- next week sometime to, to discuss some of these AHL defensemen, see if any of them can actually play in the NHL. But like, now would be the perfect time. You have a few weeks before the deadline. You have Ristolainen out. Like, okay, bring someone up, see who can play. Because the more you look, the more you look at it, the more I was listening to you guys talk about it. I don't hate bringing back Sean Walker. Like. Outside, I don't, I don't trust Drysdale's defensive game yet. I really don't. His, his underlying no. metrics are awful. He's had some bad turnovers, some bad positioning in the defensive zone. So I don't want him and Ristolainen to be your, your necessarily top two right-handed defensemen. I guess they probably would be with Walker on the third pair. But yeah, the Flyers still need to. I mean, there's there's potential there in the in the pipeline with Bonk and with these other guys, but they're not going to bring Bonk uh, up to NHL next year. They're going to let him no. let him marinate down there. Let and him there's marinate. no one else. There's no one else down there that's like I'm too confident in. So Hunter McDonald, uh, baby. I don't even know who that is. I don't even know who that is. Um, he's he's the defenseman that that like they've all been raving about. Like everybody. Fletcher brought him up. Charlie sure. wrote about him in, in his piece. Uh, yeah, Jonesy I, I loves he's him. Tall. Jonesy loves him. Jonesy he's... loves Risto. I don't care. Well, yeah. So Steve, <laughs> let me just give you the quick like the quick hit on Hunter McDonald. He's six four two oh seven. Oh, of course. So, uh, of course, course, Jonesy loves him. He's twenty one years old. Next he's playing stronger. for for Northeastern. Um. In his two season, in his first season at Northeastern, in 35 games played, he had one goal and 13 assists. Oh, baby! Um, in this current season, he has one goal and three assists. However, um, in that first season at Northeastern, and I know plus minus is a flawed stat. I know it's not the best stat to read off. Yeah. Of. He had a he had a plus 21. There so. You go. Even if he on. only had, even if only he only had 14 points, his team was still doing good things while he was on the ice. So, I know it's collegiate level. I know plus minus is a flawed stat. 
But if he is just like a big defensive defenseman and the heir to the Ristolainen uh, mantle, Flyers could do a lot worse, you know? I guess. I don't know if there's a spot for a defensive defenseman in today's game, but that's just me. So the last thing I'll say on the Sean Walker, Sean Walker, that's his name. Sean Walker. Walker, (laughs) Scott Walker. Wasn't that like a congressman or something? Anyway. um, He he was actually a a governor governor from uh, the great state of Wisconsin. He was. That's right. That's probably why I know that name. That's probably why it's like somewhere in my my brain library. But the last thing I'll say. You're the worst. Um, The last thing I'll say on this front is I kind of like the move where if you know that you can make a Risto trade in the offseason and nobody quite offers you what you want for Walker, I'm cool signing Walker to like a two, three year deal and trading Risto. Like, I'm very cool with that. Mm-hmm. Like any any one of these three depth dudes, if one of them goes... I'm okay with keeping one, maybe even two of the others, if if one or two of them go. I just think Breer has to do something. Like we're talking ourselves something. into keeping into keeping Walker. If they keep Walker, they have to trade Lawton because, like we, we've talked about this before, they have the people that can step into that role. Noah Cates, I think, can be be in that role. Ryan pa- Ryan Paling's not going to be the fourth line center, and Barky. Tyson Forst. Tyson Forster, you know, he's been out a few games now he? with a lower body injury, likely a foot injury. I was looking up his defensive numbers. Um, among all skaters with 700 minutes played this season at 5-on-5, five five, 203 of them, he mm-hmm. has the best expected goals against per 60 at 1.93. The best. He is one of the best defensive forwards in the league. He was trusted <laughs> on the top line with Couturier and Konechny earlier in the year. I love the look of his line with Paling and Cates for the game and a half they were together. Like, yeah. I think he's a key to this team as well, and I'm kind of nervous about how there's been no update on, on his status. I eh, I love that this new Flyers administration, when someone's injured, they bill it as a quote-unquote minor injury, <sighs> when the last ones would just say like, oh yeah, it's just... He's injured, and then it's like, oh yeah, he's not playing this season. <laughs> like that, that was it. I like that they're trying to present themselves with a bit more clarity when it comes to injury. Um, of course, they're off on the wrong foot with that when they called Risto's injury minor, and now he's going to miss two to three weeks. So, yeah, like you, I'm a little nervous about the Forrester injury, but especially if there's a walking boot involved. Apparently, he left in a walking boot after that game. Um, Are there pictures? Kelly, Kelly Hinkle, Hinkle had a picture, yeah. <laughs> Kelly Hinkle had an exclusive photo um, of uh, of Tyson Forrester leaving a hospital with a walking boot. Um, <laughs> true journalism and reportage here at Broad yeah. Street Hockey. Um, but, you know, they think time. he'll be back. They think he'll be back for Saturday, but we didn't see him skate this morning, I believe. Is that correct? Uh, the last report I saw was Jordan Hall saying he did not practice in the Flyers. He did not practice. practice. I saw that on a good old Twitter slash X, and that was four hours ago or so that he said that. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't take that as a great sign for his availability in the old Stadium Series game, but uh, I guess we'll see. Stranger things have happened. Hey, you know what that means? We just get some Nick Delorier, baby. Listen, if there's one thing <laughs> bloodthirsty, cold hockey fans at a snowy stadium want, it's somebody face punching. And Nick Delorier, there's one thing he does well, and that's face punching. Who's he going to fight? The, who do the devils have that he can fight? Kevin Ball? Whoever he can grab. Kevin Ball is their top pair defenseman. 
like, with Simon Nemich? That's that's it's going to be uh, a real Ray Emery, Braden Holpe uh, situation. You know, he's just going to grab whoever he can find and it's going to be go time. So speaking of Nick Deloria and fighting, he got the instigator after the the hit on Cam York and he kind of let yeah. up a little bit on, on Benoit. I don't hate that. Like, I don't I'm not bloodthirsty, but like if you're going to get the extra penalty, get a shot or two in no cheap shots. But like you're clearly the, the better fighter, like get, get something in there. A few body shots yeah. even. Bash his brains in, Nikki. <laughs> Get him. Um, I don't know. Maybe didn't Timo Meyer used to be kind of brawly? I don't think so. No? I think he's he's kind of small, I think, and he's been very underwhelming. He's been really underwhelming this season. He did have a lot of injury Shoot. issues, but not not great. Um Yeah. Uh yeah, let's let's do a quick glance at this Devils team as we prep for Saturday. Hmm, what are the names they have? Timo Meyer, Jack Hughes, Nico Heeshier, Jesper Bratt. Wow, that's a real murderer's row of high-end players. Who are their supporting cast? Jesper Bratt, Andre Palat, Tyler Toffoli. Sheesh. And then Alexander Holtz and Dawson. Hmm? Didn't you say Bratt twice in there? Jesper Bratt? <laughs> yeah. the... Yeah. He's, a, he, he's he's so good. He, he, he's a star he and a role player. He supports himself, yeah. Hey, yeah, he's, he's straddling both, you know? Uh, and then they've got uh, Alexander Holtz and Dawson Mercer, who probably not what you want from where they picked them in the first round, but still pretty good. Uh, on defense, Luke Hughes, Simon Nemich, both of them having, if it wasn't the Connor Bedard season, they would both be in the Calder running. Yeah, I mean, so but annoying. That, that's kind of where their their defense ends, though. Like, like they have Brendan Smith, Colin Miller, John Marino. John Marino's that's... solid. I, I like John Marino as a, as a second pair guy. Yeah, he's fine. But like, that's been their main issue, along with goaltending. Uh, I think Vanacek's <laughs> out now, so they're going to have have Nico Dawes in that again. I think he started like two or three in a row for them. Don't do it, two Calgary. Minutes. Don't do it. <laughs> oh, don't not. don't send the Markstrom. Don't do it. Yeah. Oh, yes. what about so, what about the Ducks sending John Gibson? John Gibson's washed up. That's fine. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's expensive too. Yeah, maybe if it was five years ago or so. Right, right. Before they just wasted his career. You Soros. You see, Soros could go there. Yeah, yeah. Anywho, you guys anyway. excited for this the stadium series game? All, all the fanfare and whatnot, or, or is this just kind of like a? Another, you know, a fun Saturday night game, but like that's kind of about it. Fun I'm Saturday stoked. night game. <laughs> I'm stoked. Are you kidding me? I'm I'm pumped. Like, if Is you this told your first me the... outdoor game since you started watching the Flyers? No, I watched the Lake Tahoe game. Oh, I always uh, forget about the Lake Tahoe game. That was real bad. <laughs> the whole team had I, COVID. I, yeah, it was terrible. It was an awful. It was game. real bad. No, it was it, very it's pretty. Not... Yeah, and there might be snow for this one. There might actually oh, wow. be snow while they're playing. Oh, wow. Yeah, it could be cool. Um, also, it is a far cry from the beginning of the season when we were like, oh, great. The top of the Metro Devils versus the bottom feeding Flyers in a meaningless February stadium series game. Cool. Well, guess what? Roll reversal. Flyers in a playoff position. The Devils chasing, uh, chasing the Flyers. I'm here for it. I'd love to see the Flyers just dunk on the Devils. Yeah, I 
I, I'm more amped for it than I was at the beginning of the season. Beginning of the season, I was like, why are you doing this to us? Nobody <laughs> wants to watch yeah. this team. I already have to watch this team. Why are you <laughs> making everybody else do it? But now, like, no, it's, it is it is a good matchup. It actually is a huge game for the Flyers in the standings. Meaningful. Like, it really does mean a lot. Um, hopefully the ice is good because I know with these outdoor games, there has been some just awful ice. Hopefully the ice is better than the turf at MetLife. That's that's all I have to say on that. But yeah, I mean, I'm a little bit more stoked, but not like, I think at this point I've seen so many outdoor games that they don't really, unless I'm going to it, I don't really get that up for them anymore. But, it, you know, it should be cool. It should be a nice, uh, nice time. Yeah, yeah I, I mean... I, I lean more towards where Steve's. I like it. I, I'm excited for it just because, as you both pointed out, this is a big game. Like, like we did think it was going to be okay. Flyers going to get beat down by the Devils as they march towards the Metropolitan Division Championship. But no, the Flyers are in playoff spot now. Flyers have better playoff chances now. Flyers, you know, they're underdogs in the game, but I could definitely see them getting out a win. And it's finally, you know, this is the first outdoor game since what? the 2012 winter classic where the flyers actually are like competitive. So, like it's, it's exciting. You have, we haven't had this in, in over a decade. Uh, the Lake Tahoe game uh, will definitely be good to get out of our memory as the most recent outdoor game. Well, don't forget about the penguins overtime game that the NHL fucked up on when they posted the, uh, Stadium series yeah. results on Twitter this morning. So it took them way too long to delete that. Took them way too long to delete that. So for anyone who didn't notice, uh, the NHL posted out like past stadium series results uh, this morning on X or Twitter or whatever. And for the 2019 stadium series in Philadelphia, they had the Penguins beating the Flyers four three in overtime. And I posted that in Slack, and I was like, I wasn't watching at this point. Didn't the Flyers win this game? Isn't this the iconic Giroux overtime goal? And everybody's like, yeah, no, they won that game. The NHL, they punted that one. And uh, about an hour or two later, the NHL finally deleted it. (laughs) No, I I can assure you they won that game because that's the one outdoor game I went to. And uh, it did not look like they were going to win that game. And then they won that game. That was... Uh, what a what, ridiculous. So yeah, that's the only outdoor game I've been to. It was at Lincoln financial field and it rained pretty much all day. It was pretty light for the first two periods. And then it really started to pick up in the third and the flyers were down three to one late in the game. And you're like, well, this Shit. is fucked. Like, yeah, you're yeah, like this is not good. And then they scored late and you're like, okay, this is intriguing. And then they tied it up real late. And you're like, oh, holy shit. It was like the place went insane. And then that Giroux uh, winner in overtime with that iconic photo. I mean, how can you beat that? And then leaving the stadium chanting, no one likes us. No one likes mm-hmm. us. No one likes us. We don't care. Great memory. Great most memory. Im- most importantly, it gave birth to TK's best chirp. Eat up, bud. Eat up. <laughs> <laughs> Jerk store's all-time bestseller, I'll tell you. Jerk store. I, man, I, that was a great time. And yeah, I'm, I'm glad they fixed their error because like, that was upsetting because like they, that was the only one they've won. They, they have an abysmal record in these <laughs> Their record's games. real bad. Yeah. You know, like yeah, the best memory I had was freaking uh, Danny Briere getting shut down by Henrik Lundqvist before this. 
yeah, that, that that was that was infuriating. That that was when I was like getting right back like big into hockey, and my one of my friends at college was was a, was a Rangers fan, and it was it was infuriating that that loss. But yeah, also that 2019 game, uh, Wayne Simmons final game as a Flyers. That was a, another iconic uh, moment there. Emotional day, emotional day, yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, speaking of speaking of those, that that game, those jerseys were ranked as the worst outdoor jerseys for Flyers games by one uh, Thomas Williams of BroadStreetHockey.com. What? I think that, I think they get a little bit too much crap. I think personally those, and also the current black ones that that people hate on that with the, with the orange stripe that is the alternate. I think they all, those also get a lot of too much hate. People are like, oh, wh- why are the what for for outdoor games? Whenever a jersey's released or announced it's like oh why are the numbers so big the numbers are always so big for the outdoor game so people can people can read them like that's yeah it may not ridiculous. be the style but it's it, it's a it's a bit ridiculous but you, you can understand it the nyr this year is absolutely absurd <laughs> how big those letters are it's like you could see those from space <laughs> yeah um the i don't mind as much the big numbers on the black ones it's the the outline the fact that they're black like numbers with white outline on a black Jersey is insane to me. The visibility on the numbers and letters when you're in the stadium is non-existent. It's crazy to me. Like if they had, if they had like white numbers with like uh, an orange outline or something, it would look way better. I don't know why they made that decision, but yeah. Yeah. That, that, that'd be sick. That'd probably be really good looking if they had like you know numbers you could see. There are some basic decisions that would make all of these jerseys better, and I don't understand why they do it. I agree with you, though, that the ones they wore in 2019 do get way too much hate. And part of that's the NHL released those like a week before the game or something, like maybe a month. And mm. at, and at that point, everybody's like, what the hell? I actually I like those for the most part. You know, it's an interesting take on the classic Flyers jersey. They're uh, orange. It's got the it's orange. You can't deny that. I uh, like the orange of it too. And it's yeah, got the it's got the sleeve stripe like the '90s jerseys that we all love. So like, I I don't know. There's a lot of good elements to that jersey, and they almost had cool helmets. I don't know why to this day they didn't put the Flyers winged P on the sides of the helmets like Eagles helmets. Like they decided to do it where it was just like a a flyers logo superimposed on the side side of the helmet no it should have just been the wings from the logo and the penguins should have had wings uh, brian elliott's sitting there wearing a facsimile of the eagles helmets why <laughs> like it's very obvious why does the nhl screw up such simple things i'm looking at the 2019 stadium jerseys because i haven't seen a lot of these my only complaint is that the logo just looks kind of plain like it's just Bop pasted right on the center. Like there's no, it's not dynamic. It's just yep. Yeah, classic it logo. It was an interesting take on it. I, I agree. It is like a little, a little bit plain, lacking. but it was yeah. it was an interesting take. The Penguins jerseys did not turn out that great from from that one. The Flyers yeah. ones are way better than what the Penguins wore that day. Yeah. This is this yeah. is the Joe's history lesson segment of the <laughs> podcast where I have to go through and look at all of these. Uh, Outdoor game jerseys. So let me. Uh, so Thomas posted his rankings in the BSH Slack. So let me let me post mine in response. So I'm going to mm-hmm. go from the bottom up. Okay. So yeah. my my least favorite are actually, and uh, this is probably unfair to judge based on having not seen them on the ice yet. But the ones they're wearing on Saturday, 
I actually really don't like these at all. Like why? I, I hate I hate the numbers. The the fact that they're doing these numbers without outline on them makes them just look so flat and cheap and awful. I hate it. I don't I don't really like any of the elements and the the nameplate stretching all along the back is very weird. I mean, it at least is a, a an attempt at something different, but I just don't like it. So that's my my bottom rung there. Okay. Um, next I, up, I had. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ryan. I, I I was gonna say when they were first released, I I liked them more, and I've seen them in person on fans, and I'm they're 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 the, the fanatics one, and I've liked them less. But looking at the pictures the Flyers tweeted today, like they might they might look cool on the ice. So I I I, I think they're in the, in the lower half, but they can definitely definitely be improved. I'll reserve judgments until. Uh... That's no tomorrow. fun. Personally, no? <laughs> no, you gotta give a hot take. Come on. We're here for hot takes. They're, <laughs> okay, they're okay. my bottom rung. Okay. They're I don't like okay. those right now. Um, then I had the the black jerseys, which again, I don't think are the worst jerseys ever. I actually like the front of the jersey. The the jersey looks good on the front where you have the Flyers logo and the orange stripes on there. Everything on the back. Yeah. That's okay. the black jersey. That's their alternate now. Um oh. everything that's on the back I hate. Except for the orange nameplate. The orange nameplate's nice. The rest of it's just trash on the back. Uh, fix the numbers, guys, and it'll look a lot better. It's very simple. Then I have the 2019 Stadium Series, which we just talked about. They're the orange and black. Uh, you know, it's not the greatest looking Flyers history, but uh, I think it looks pretty nice. Like, I like the orange on it. Um, it's, it's literally clean. orange and black. It's very clean. Yeah. Very clean. Uh, then I have the 2010 winter classic which is when they brought back the 70s styles jerseys uh so that was that was the one at fenway right yeah where they wore oh shouldn't even be included because they just they just yeah they they just put a a patch on the the jerseys that were coming the next season well yeah i i think well i wonder i forget exactly how the timeline played out but i wonder if it was the reaction to those why it became the everyday jersey because i remember it was very positive reaction and that was becoming on the heels of when they had the Reebok takeover and Reebok did like the bastardized version of the, the nineties and early two thousands jerseys, which I, I loathe to this day. Who the hell is Blair Betts? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, that's a, that's another, that's another history lesson. Number 11. Blair Betts. Yeah. Number 11. Oh, Blair Betts. Not a, not a great player. Great name. Look, I'm player. just, for the folks at home, I am just Googling the, like the year and then flyers winter classic series jersey and like one of the first names that pops up is bets i'm like who the hell is blair Betts? blair bets man that is like a real <laughs> bottom sixer right there uh, Mook, mookie's got nothing on him blair blair is oh, the best bets out there there's got to be like a two foot height differential these, there. these actually look like pretty oh wait no not to, mookie bets i'm thinking of somebody else <laughs> these look kind of similar to the, too. to the road yes. whites that they wear right now yeah, ex- yeah, yeah. That, exactly. That, that's, that's that's they that's they, what they were. Yeah. Well, the road whites they were wearing before this season. Yes. Yes. Got it. Before literally they changed the, road the whites. orange. Like that's when they brought in the nameplate system and everything. Like that's where it started. Was like cool. At least with the modern flyers was there. Mm-hmm. Um. So I had the 2010 Winter Classic there. Uh. Then I had the 2021 Lake Tahoe, which is the uh, reverse retros, which uh, I like quite a bit. They were really nice. I hated them at first, but then I really came around on those quickly. 
Yeah, th- those grew on, grew on me a bit. And they're, uh, I think there's a few of them on sale in the Wells Fargo Center, sh- Center shop that I was looking at. Like Are Adidas, there? I've been Adidas actually looking again. Too. Like, like yeah. so I think it might only be like a Sanheim option. I'm not sure what other players they have. But yeah, yeah, I think those were, you know, obviously it sucked because the Flyers sucked in that game and sucked that season. But I think those were, were pretty cool. And, you know, oh. I wouldn't mind bringing those back. No, I like those. Those were fun. Yeah, I, I, I think they'd be a great cool. alternate. Yeah. Yeah, those are neat with the like the black sleeves and like the orange uh body. Yeah, those are yeah. those are kinda nice. I'm into that. And then last but not least, and I by last or not least, I mean literally my top option. And what I'm wearing as we're recording this is the twenty twelve winter classic, which is the one that had the like the top you know, it had the actual oh. like, lace up on the front. It's got the black like yoke on the shoulders and has the Keystone CNA, which is just mwah. I think it's the the best alternate jersey the Flyers have ever come up with because it's one of the few times they've tried something different and it actually worked. And man, it was a killer look. I wish they still had it around, but I'm glad I was able to pick one up on eBay. I, yeah, I completely I agree. Those those are my easy top, possibly top Flyers jersey ever. Like not even just alternates. There, I, there was some. I thought maybe like you know maybe they'll make that their their home jerseys because how much they were wearing them. You know in in the mid twenty tens after they were a part of the Winter Classic and they made it an alternate jersey. I mean it's just it, it's great. It, it, it's a great. Look, they're fantastic, and I especially like that the bands are not white. They're like off white or beige almost like. Yeah, it's such it's a, a nice, like a nice cream color. Yeah, yeah, it's a subtle touch, and like the the tied um, string at the neck. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. beautiful! Thomas uh, did not like the particular shade of cream, but he's also Canadian, so who's to say? Yeah. <laughs> Canadians are always wrong. Always, every time. Uh, no, I love this one. I wish they would bring it back. And I think one of the the true travesties is that we never got a a cream version of this. Where it was like the cream and the orange was reversed. I think that'd be killer. Ooh, that would be good. There, there's a bunch of like mock-ups of them for like for Pat like, makes uh, art Pat did one. Um, yes. Pat makes he's, art he's... on Twitter and Blue Sky. Uh, that guy did a really good mock-up of that. Hmm. Yeah. Oh man, what a time! Wish I was there. Wish I'd been paying attention back then. <laughs> or Gilbs, maybe not. <laughs> huh? You didn't miss much. You didn't miss much, Joe. No. Uh, Gilbs, no. what are your rankings on these? I mean, p- pretty similar to yours. I do have the, the 2012 Winter Classic at, at the top there. That's just my favorite jersey, uh, you know, part possibly of all, of all time for Flyers. You know, two, I, I think probably has to be the, the, the one for Lake Tahoe. Uh, I was wrong. It was not that reverse retro in the, in the store. It's a reverse retro 2.0 in the store on sale, the white ones, which are not nearly as good. But uh, I, I oh, love the, the ones from last year. Oh, I didn't yeah, like those. Yeah, I did not like those. Looks like they were a, plain. Yes. Really? Yes. I kind of like them. Uh, yeah and then after that you know i don't uh, 2010 probably third or fourth just because it's it's it wasn't special it was what they were going to use um and then yeah this year i think probably ranks third or fourth for me as well it's going to be in the middle but it would possibly go up or down we'll see how it looks on the ice and uh, you know as i said i thought they get too much hate the 2017 and 2019 are unfortunately the bottom two probably 2019 last just because no, I don't know if I, I mean, can hey, separate them. Whatever your your heart yeah, says. Yeah, here, no, be... yeah, no, go go with the uh, the. I'll, I'll give the the black ones from 2017. I'll I'll, I'll put those above the 2019 ones just because I feel like they get Ooh. too much hate. 
Don't tell Charlie O'Connor. He hates yeah, his, the black jerseys. His, his, his but his, but his the one he rallies against is the one from the like late 90s, early 2000s, which is a pretty beloved jersey with most yeah. Flyers fans. And he's like, no, they're not good. Uh, Charlie, that's it's only bad take. It's his only bad take. <laughs> the man is immaculate takes, but that's his only bad one. It's a great jersey. <laughs> jersey take. Hey, my hot take is that piping is lame. So, well, your oh, take is that, terrible. That is that is a hot take. <laughs> I don't that's know. Nineties Flyers jersey. Hey, sorry. That, that's, that's what a, I'm saying. That's a piping hot take, if you will. Oh, oh hey, hey. hey. Flyers after dark, baby. BSH <laughs> after dark. No, I just I just think piping. If you were to put piping on a new jersey, it would just make it look old. And it's like, ugh. But sometimes that's the beauty of it. Sometimes you have to have a little incomplete. bit of a, a throwback look. Hey, if incomplete. It's a, if it's a reverse retro or an alternate or something like that, go for it. But It, if it that provides was there, contrast and a clear barrier between the two colors. It's nice. Okay. It's drop shadow. All right, good, good Jersey talk there. I mean, we'll we'll, we'll maybe uh, adjust our rankings based on how these Stadium Series jerseys look on the ice on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got about twenty four hours now to the game here. You guys got any uh, final score predictions? Any any goal score predictions? Ooh, all right. I'm thinking uh, four to three Flyers, and I OT think or regulation. We're gonna go reg. Okay. And I'm thinking you're going to get a Flyers go. I think TK is going to show up big. Mm-hmm. And, oh, geez. I, I, I'm thinking maybe a Drysdale, uh, the dry guy, shows up and maybe a Potts one here. Dry guy, the fly guy. All right. Joe, what do you got? Um, oh, man. I Joe's predicting be... a loss. I'm, you know, I'm actually going to. After I saw how they played against the Leafs, I think they might have a better shot against the Devils than I would have originally expected. Um, I'm going to go 5-4 five, five, Flyers also in regulation. I think it's going to be I think there's going to be a lot of goals scored um, because neither as far as I know neither Nico Dawes nor Samuel Erson have played in outdoor games like this, and I'm wondering if that's going to fuck with their sight lines. Um, and I think Joel Farabee's going to get a couple of goals. He's, you know, they have Jack Hughes as their number 86. We've got our own 86, and his name's Joel Farabee, the young bees, not the bees. He's, oh, he's God, not get, the bees. Oh, God, not the bees. He's going to get some goals, um, some Joels, some, some just... might say. If you say Philly Joel, I will go across nah. broad to fight you. Did you see he gave his Wawa order earlier? <laughs> no, I did not. It was, like, uh, it was like a Philly Joel or the sign guy. No, Joel. Joel, Joel Barry, not Philly Joel. <laughs> yeah, I can't no. call him that. I'm going to punch uh, myself in the face, and I just did. But I think it was like a turkey with Chipotle Ranch or something like that. No, I get um, behind that. That's a solid yeah, order right there. Not bad. Like that. Yeah. Uh, and then I think Noah Cates is going to be my Ooh. spicy, spicy take. He has been around the play so much the past few games, but hasn't shown up on the score sheet. I mean, um, he's, he has come out since the all-star break and looked pretty good. I mean, he did get on the board and what was it? The Florida game. Yeah. He had that, uh, he had that goal in that game um, and looked 
he's looked damn good. It's been night and day from uh, his last, uh, from before his uh, foot injury to now. Um, well, Joe, I, I, as you know, there's no return from '86. Uh, it's a Green Day lyric. Never mind. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I I Ooh. like that. I like a Noel Cates call because usually in this in these type of games, it's like okay, it's these guys you you don't expect just go to the net, just jam away at it, and like get these pucks on net. Things happen. I, I like Cates. I, I'm going for a, a four-two Flyers win. I, I, I like Connecticut getting one. I think Farabee gets one. I also think the captain gets one. I think Couturier gets one here in the outdoor game, wearing the C. And I may have to buy a uh, a stadium series Couturier jersey if if he does that. There you go. Yeah, I like think... it, it is the obscure guys a lot. Like in the 2010 game at Fenway, who was the Flyers' goal scorer? Does anybody know? Blair Betts. Uh, Blair Betts, <laughs> the guy I just found out about. It was Danny Sivret assisted oh. by Scott Hartnell and Jeff Carter. Steve Hartnell. Steve Hartnell. Steve Hartnell. <laughs> um, There's always un- unsung heroes in, in the outdoor games. I'm also yeah. going to throw in for a spicy, spicy one, Scott Lawton on the penalty kill. He's going to get Ooh, one. the power kill. I love it. I, I think I he's going to get one on the power kill because New Jersey's power play is dynamic on offense, but I look at their power play and I'm like... <laughs> None of those guys are playing defense, man. Like they're, if if that puck gets by them, they're fast and can catch up. But uh, I don't know. Scott Lawn might be able to just slap one past their lousy goaltenders. Yes, this this is the uh, third meeting between the Devils and Flyers this season. Uh, Devils beat the Flyers at in Philadelphia, four uh, three in overtime back in November. Flyers won three two in overtime in December. Uh, in, in New Jersey. Now we're going to have this, the third meeting, and then the, the final meeting is the their next to last game of the season. That could be a, a big one. So yeah, it's going to be a uh, big two points on the line here. That that could uh, that could go down as a game similar to last year's Penguins-Blackhawks game that sent the Panthers <laughs> on a cup run. <laughs> like, yo, that'd be crazy. Cup run, Poor. Joe called it. You know, if we don't do it, Joe's the one to blame. You heard it here first. I'm I'm new. I don't know hockey. Cup run. <laughs> yeah, oh, sure. Why not? Let's go. The Flyers went to the playoffs once when I was watching this team and then never again. So maybe I'm the jinx. Sorry, everybody. Make it two this year. We're, we're, we're going to do it. They're, they're, they're making the offs. Yoss, Yoss, baby. baby. Let's do Yoss. it. Hey, hey jinx. <laughs> All right, I think that's about going to do it um, for us. Make sure you do check out the Broad Street Hockey website. A bunch of content up there on Friday. Uh, the big weekly article from from Ryan Quigley of Fly Purbly, where he sat down with Sean Walker. Some good quotes in there. Scott Walker. Sure, Scott Walker. I'm not sure if Scott Walker any quotes. We're going to have to read <laughs> to find out there. Quotes. I don't think he knows. Probably not, though. Uh, Jack Gibbons had a, had a good, good uh, post on Morgan Frost, stating his case to not be traded. Of course, some other goods there. Good, good, uh, good read from Kurt. Kurt R. as well. Uh, classic, uh, good, good content there from Kurt on what the Flyers going to do with the trade deadline. So always good content going up there at BroadStreetHockey.com. Yes. Um, all right. Make sure you also subscribe to the Broad Street Hockey Podcast on Spotify and Apple. Uh, leave us a five star rating and review, and I'll read it here at the end of the podcast. Oh. Um, yeah, uh, also get Built. in the Discord. Uh, always a good, uh, always a good Discord time in there during games or whatnot. So, 
make sure you uh, you get on board. And Gilbs, where can the people find you? Well, people can find me on Twitter at rgilbertsop. Uh, how about you, Joe? You can find me at at jfdmarini on Twitter. Um, yeah. And Steve, yeah. how about you? Where are you at? Folks, you can find me at Flyperbole or at Estebomb on Twitter slash X and Blue Sky. But if it's for hockey purposes, make it Flyperbole. Flyperbole also on Instagram and Flyperbole on TikTok. No idea what I'm doing on TikTok because I am old. I don't yeah, even have we... a TikTok. I'm with you. Yeah, make sure you listen to Flyperbole and the Fly Guys as well, two other podcasts here on, on the network. But uh, that's going to do it for us. Until next time, thanks for listening. Go Flyers.